0: glad to be with you this morning and I'm looking forward to returning to chapter 5 and getting to through verse 3 through 5 because last week we went through the first two verses so let me read these first five verses of Romans chapter 5 Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So those are the three blessings that he highlights of being justified by faith having peace with God, having access into that grace, and having hope in the glory of God. A hope that is so sure, as he's going to expound upon, a hope that is so sure it's worthy of rejoicing in. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. This is a passage that describes the life of faith, and it describes it in a way that only someone that has been given faith to be looking unto Jesus, if you can harken back to Hebrews chapter 12, this whole whole, uh, journey started in, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, only someone who is doing that is going to stick around after they hear that this is what life is like. Glory in tribulation because tribulation works patience, patience works experience, experience works hope, and this hope does not make ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So you, brothers and sisters, this morning, look by faith unto Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of your faith. And it is because of this that the prospect of tribulation, yea, more than this, the idea that you would glory in tribulation even makes sense and doesn't send you out the exit door as quickly as possible and say, I don't want any part of this faith life. I'm thankful that God has blessed us to have a renewed mind to see the precious truths of this gospel There's a word that uh, can easily go under the radar here that I want to highlight to you for a moment before we look into these specific uh, characteristics of the life of faith. He says, we glory in tribulation knowing. Knowing. Again, this feeds into the truth Of the nature of walking by faith, that the just shall live by faith. It is ultimately because it's ultimately founded on truth, the truth of God, that He is written on my heart by regeneration. And that's the those are the principles, those are the operating principles of your life of faith. And so it is what you know that God has given you a spiritual mind to know. He's renewed your mind so that you know God and you know the the truths of God and believe them. What and where are those found right here? You know those. And you know them by faith. Yeah, they make sense. They're logical Uh, The Word of God is the Logos of God and all that. But that hasn't convinced the whole world to believe on Jesus Christ, has it? Because God has overcome the fundamental problem of a depraved mind and given me a spiritual mind that, that works right and actually believes the truth. And so it is what you know by God's grace that equips you to operate in this way and to glory in tribulation. Something that otherwise just sounds insane, doesn't it? Knowing. That's a spiritual knowing. That is the strength of a spiritual mind that he's given you by grace. And so that's the uh, that's the key on the map that helps you understand what's going on here. You look in the, the little key in the box and it says knowing a spiritual mind that operates because of God's marvelous grace. So we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation. The scriptures frame for us uh, very clearly how we should Think about tribulation, but then also live under tribulation. So let's see what the scriptures say about tribulation and why it is that we would glory in tribulation. First turn to Mark chapter four, Mark chapter four. This is during the parable of the sower, which Jesus Christ tells, we're going to read the last case that he describes. Uh, the, it's not the last case. I'll retract that. It's in verse 16 and 17. Actually, it really starts in 15, so we'll just start there. The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for, a, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. This is the tribulation. So here's an example of, of what uh, faith does not look like. And that's why I'm starting here. I'm starting with the negative and then we're going to move to the the positive side. What faith does not look like and what we, by grace, uh, do not want to live as is that we receive the word, we hear the word, it sounds good, and we there is some... Uh, surface level of attraction to the word of God, to the gospel. But when the tribulation comes, that comes along with living uh, for Jesus Christ, that comes along with the life of faith, when the tribulation comes along with that word, because these hearers were not rooted. They had only a surface level of vibrancy. They weren't rooted deep. They did not withstand the tribulation and they wilted away. In fact, it says immediately they are offended. So they became offended by that word, which at first they thought sounded pretty good. The gospel, Jesus Christ. But the tribulation proved the metal, and the metal melted away. By faith, my brothers and sisters, we are rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is not our response to tribulation. By His grace. Let's look then at John chapter 16. John chapter 16. The uh, the Greek root of this tribulation is pressure. Pressure. And that pressure shows up in, in all manner of ways, doesn't it? In the Christian life. Sometimes it is the daily grind. Sometimes it's a bigger picture. Sometimes it is outright persecution because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's the what's really being highlighted here. But the easiest route, from a temporary, immediate standpoint, the easiest route is just to do your own thing and to not be faithful to Jesus Christ, isn't it? That's the easiest thing to your flesh. But to be faithful, to fought, to walk on the straight and narrow, that is uh, spiritual elbow grease that it requires. So read this with me, and we'll begin to see why we would glory in tribulation as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. John 16, verse 31. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. First, I want you to see here this glorious truth, this glorious uh, uh, contrast that is true for a Christian. And this harkens back to the first part of Romans chapter 5. Remember what Paul wrote. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, here Jesus says that in me, ye might have peace. In the world, ye shall have tribulation. My friends, this is going on at this. These two truths are going on simultaneously. They're happening at the same time. In the world, you will have tribulation if you're going to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to walk by faith, according to his word and not by sight, not what's easy, not what's popular, not what will get you the most kudos from the world. In the world, you will have tribulation, but at the same time, your peace is coming because you're in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because remember, you're justified by faith. You're not seeking to be justified by the world, by, your world, by the world of your peers. That's so important. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So the tribulation that you experience, because you're walking by faith and not by sight, because you're striving to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ in your walk and not being obedient to the uh, world culture or the world norms that they are pressing on upon you, Uh-oh. you will have tribulation. But my friends, who is the author and finisher of your faith again? The Lord Jesus Christ. And He has overcome the tribulation already. And by faith, you lay hold of that truth that He has overcome. And you walk because... He, you walk... Uh, faithfully because he has overcome. Start to see why we could glory in tribulation. We could glory in tribulation because of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. This now will uh, should come to no surprise to us. What we're going to read here, First Thessalonians, Chapter Three. <clears throat> this is Paul's address. <clears throat> And we'll just read the first three verses to get the, the, the whole statement here. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith that no man should be moved by these afflictions. That's the tribulation yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Paul exhorts the church to not be moved by the affliction, not be swayed away to go off the path of Jesus Christ because of the tribulation because there's something that he knows. remember how important? the spiritual knowing is, the knowledge that He gives us by grace. Here's another one. We should not be moved by these afflictions because we know that we were appointed to them. The Lord in His providence has ordained that we would endure, whoops, I let the cat out of the bag. That's the next word, endure. We will endure the afflictions. So I'm talking to myself here. If I have a problem with tribulation, I need to recognize that God has appointed them for His children. Now, why would He do a thing like that? Why do you say to your children, it's good for you to go through this problem. It's good for you to fall and to have to get back up. It's good for you to get out there and have to endure the heat of the day and sweat it out and accomplish the, you know, the work that's before you and to not just give up at, at the first break of sweat. It's good for you. You know, we say that's, that's what uh, we say as parents, appropriately. It's the same. Our Heavenly Father knows that tribulation that He has total control over it's not tribulation that's going to destroy us. It's tribulation that's going to work something in us. Therefore, we have reason, as Paul says, to glory in tribulation because of these, these, these uh, grander truths that frame the tribulation. Tribulation. We can glory in tribulation because I know that God is leading me through tribulation, that He purposes to bring me through tribulation. Now, the text, Paul, uh, has this series of uh, workings out. Tribulation worketh patience. So that's the first one. Why would God be determined? To lead you, his child, through tribulation on purpose. Because tribulation worketh patience. Go back to uh, Luke chapter 8. This is the same parable. And I want to read to you the last part that we didn't uh, get to. Because I'm tying, I'm wanting to show how the, the scripture ties these truths and this enduring tribulation that worketh patience. Ties it back to our relationship with God's word. Luke chapter 8. This is a, in a different gospel account. We read in Mark previously. Read this. Verse 15. Well, let's read 14. And they which fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. So in the last example that Jesus gave, that we read in Mark, the, the word was sowed. It was received, but that receiver didn't, wasn't rooted in Christ. And so when the tribulation and the pressure came, he said, see ya, not worth it. By contrast, these received the word that had been sown and they kept it and they brought forth fruit, not just for a minute or two and then were blown away or disenchanted by the tribulation that comes along with the word. They weren't disenchanted. They brought forth fruit with patience. This patience is endurance or perseverance. It has a lasting character to it. They brought forth fruit with patience. So that's the relationship to the Word of God and how we see that tribulation worketh patience. The message here is, my friends, tribulation will be working patience out when you are Rece- when you are uh, experiencing that tribulation as one who is rooted in the word, who's feeding on the word, that's what enables you to endure, to be patient in tribulation and to not collapse. Colossians chapter 1. This passage always uh, is a marvel to me. It all it surprises me every time I read it but this uh, should give you great encouragement. Colossians chapter 1 it's in 11 but we're going to read 9 10 and 11 to get the whole message. Paul writes, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with might strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. You want that might of the Lord? You want that power running through your spiritual veins? What kind of feats do you think being equipped with the power of God would enable you to do? Conquer all the enemies? Do great and glorious feats for the Lord that will be... uh, you know trumpeted around the world well maybe but guess what marvelous feats the power of god equips you to do strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness that is a marvelous feat, isn't it? I mean, if, you, if you've been living for very long trying to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that patience with long-suffering, uh, patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, that's a marvelous feat of faith. That is a marvelous feat of grace. And it is enabled by being strengthened with all might according to his glorious power you will be strengthened with all might when you're eating his nourishment right you'll be strengthened with all might when you are walking in, in close fellowship to the lord strengthened with all might according to his glorious power will enable you to all patience and long suffering with joyfulness it's a marvelous feat and that's a marvelous feat. We want to be accomplishing for the Lord. Tribulation worketh patience. This is uh, to stay put. To actually, the Greek word is to remain. To remain. So you're getting that pressure of the tribulation, and you remain. Because you're looking to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're not wilting under the pressure. The tribulation works that patience. You need patience. You don't get to. Uh, you need to develop patience. You don't get to go to the uh, the uh, Christian bookstore and buy some patience. It's only earned and developed through tribulation. And the Lord knows just the right tribulation to develop patience in you as you are leaning on His might to do so. Aren't you glad that the Lord's in charge of this? Aren't you glad I'm not in charge? Like what if it was up to me to decide how much tribulation each member needed to produce patience? It would be a total mess. I wouldn't have a congregation. He left. The Lord, your your Father, is in charge, and that's great news. <laughs> Hebrews chapter two. In fact, what if it was up to you to to uh, assess how much tribulation you needed to develop patience? That wouldn't be any better. It would always be less than what you needed, right? Like, I don't like signing that for tribulation. But the Lord does it just right. And that goes back to knowing that we are appointed. He's saying God. God is in charge of the tribulation. And we trust Him by faith. So, Hebrews chapter 2 It's not the right chapter. Twelve. I missed the one on my twelve. Hebrews chapter twelve. Did the Lord Jesus Christ experience tribulation? You bet. Did the Lord Jesus Christ wilt under the tribulation? No way. Tribulation worketh patience, and the Lord Jesus Christ is our chief in that example. Remember, back in Hebrews chapter 12, he tells us to look unto Jesus, and in verse 3 he says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. So this is the same message. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Now, continue on to verse 5. He's changing the, now he's going to turn to you and me. Because we're coming after the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, this is what that tribulation can look like for you, as it already has for Jesus Christ. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised. Thereby. See, you don't, the basis of joying in tribulation, or as Paul writes in Romans, glorying in tribulation, is not because you experience a joyful time in the tribulation. It's because of what you know about the tribulation, it's because of what you know is going to be the the fruit of the tribulation. That is the basis for you to join in it or over it. Peaceable fruit of righteousness. Being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. It's what the Lord is doing with each of us. Tribulation worketh patience, worketh perseverance, stick to spiritually speaking. Patience. Worketh experience. Now this word is uh, proof. As some translations have it as character. Tribulation worketh patience, patience worketh experience or proof. The proof is in the pudding. You don't get the pudding without going through the process of the of the development of the ingredients and the baking. Then you get the pudding. That's what the walk of faith is. And so what the Lord is doing, He he is uh, bearing out the proof of who it is that your faith is based upon. Jesus Christ, right? Is Jesus Christ worthy of 100% reliance on? The proof is that He is. The proof is, Demonstrates that he is. Tribulation worketh patience, patience worketh experience. The proof is the uh, experience in real life that we are believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. What did we just read? We endure chastening as sons. The peaceable fruit of righteousness is the, is the uh, product. When the peaceable fruit of righteousness, that's called sanctification. When the sanctification is produced because of the tribulation and because of the patience that's being developed and that you're growing in. It's saying the Lord Jesus Christ really is the right one worthy of your faith, worthy of uh, your dependence. He really does uh, bring forth righteousness, holiness, being partakers of his holiness, as he says in there in Hebrews chapter twelve. Patience worketh experience. You have experience of the Lord's faithfulness, do you not? You have experience of having endured tribulation endured the trial that maybe in in the time thought this will crush me i can't go a day further those sorts of real life experiences in the tribulation you've been through something some level and you're here today aren't you and what is your testimony the lord has forsaken you The Lord has been unfaithful or He has overcome the tribulation. Maybe you're in in tribulation today, but because of the experience that the Lord has proved Himself, what do you have? You have hope. You have a good hope because you have seen the evidence that the Jesus Christ who is the author and finisher of your faith, is the real deal. And so you have hope. And that experience breeds hope. That's another one you just don't get at the bookstore. You don't get to go buy it at the bookstore. Hope comes from experience. In part, experience comes from the development of patience. Patience is developed through tribulation, and therefore, we have reason to glory in tribulation. This hope is powerful, and we already read the passage uh, that, tell, that describes it as being the anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast. Hope, the anchor of the soul. Titus chapter 1 <clears throat> gets us back to the very most fundamental hope that, as, that we have and hold as Christians. Titus chapter one, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. I love this combination because he's telling us that our hope is based in the promise of God. The God which cannot lie promised before the world even began to produce, to secure eternal life for his children. And so my hope is in Uh, my hope of eternal life is in God. When you are developing the proof, the experience of the life of faith, that hope only is strengthened and your testimony toward others only strengthens and grows because the testimony of one who is enduring is being patient under tribulation and leaving a trail behind of proof of the Lord Jesus Christ's faithfulness, that person is an incredibly incredibly powerful and moving testimony to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's something that people desire. That's something that people Want to know about? Because people who are not with the Lord Jesus Christ, people who are not looking to the Lord Jesus Christ, don't have the the basis that they need to endure the tribulation, to be patient in the tribulation, and to lay a a trail of uh, a trail of experience that gives them a reason for hope. See, this whole line that Paul is laying out in Romans chapter 5. So now let's turn back to uh, Romans chapter 5 and finish out his statement on hope. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation. Also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope maketh not ashamed. This is to say that it will not disappoint you. You won't be stood up by God. Your hope is based on something that has already proven itself in the Lord Jesus Christ and his perfect work on the cross. God already delivered on his promise. By sending his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ suffered tribulation and endured and produced that experience and is now the found the bedrock foundation of your own hope. So God has proved himself, manifestly proved himself. You can look and see the track record of God, and he's been faithful. He's kept His Word. So my friends, placing your trust, your hope in God to do what He has said He will do will not disappoint you. You will not experience disappointment at the end of that road of hope. Basically, every other foundation of hope in our life, you know, I I hope that this happens. I get disappointed all the time, don't we? Proverbs said that hope deferred wearies the bones. I think that's the right uh, description. Hope deferred. So you had a hope that this would happen at this time and that it was deferred. It was put off. It was delayed. What you expected didn't come to pass. That's hard to endure that over and over again. But my friends, the hope that is placed on the Lord Jesus Christ is never deferred. It always is delivered. It always arrives at the right time. You will never be ashamed because you hoped in the Lord Jesus Christ and you walked like you were hoping in the Lord Jesus Christ. Walking like you are expecting eternal life at the end of the road. Sounds kind of crazy. But you will not be ashamed. By placing your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and living according to that hope. Hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. This is so beautiful. So we are hoping in God's word, right? Sure foundation. And in fact, if the word of God isn't, your hope isn't going to be very stout. If the word of God isn't the foundation, your hope is not going to be very stout. But he has a two-pronged approach to giving us confidence in, in the hope that we have. Because he says also, the Lord has uh, given us His love through the indwelling Holy Spirit. And so we know His love and we experience and partake of His love internally as well as objectively. objectively. And that's through the Holy Ghost. He's given you the Holy Ghost. And so His love is shed abroad in your heart. And that is a great energy for your hope. And it's not going to be put out. That is the special power we read about. This, this, is, this is where this power comes. The special power of the just who lives by faith, is because the Spirit is in you, my friends. The Spirit is in you and He's teaching you and He is producing that peaceable fruit of righteousness as the Lord brings you through life and develops that patience in you through the tribulation. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. My brothers and sisters, we glory in God. As we glory in God, we not only glory in God, but we glory in the tribulation, which brings us closer to him. That's what it's doing. That's what the point of this life is. He's not cruel. And he didn't miss a beat. He decided to let us live a life here on purpose. Instead of taking us straight to glory. Why? Because he chose that his glory would be manifested by giving sinners, at this time, Faith to live in obedience to Him. To endure tribulation instead of being destroyed by it. And what does that do? It brings glory to the Father. And so that's what our life is doing. So we glory in tribulation also. Because tribulation worketh patience, patience, experience, experience, hope, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost.